You're listening to the Bohemian Pursuits podcast, set to unleash the creative in you, with your hosts, Abraham Lukos and Mickey, aka Mixer the Comic. Alright, welcome to another episode of Bohemian Pursuits. Today we have with us Sahiba Singh, who's the founder of Flux, a movement and art performance space in Bangalore. She's also a contemporary dancer and has been facilitating movement and holistic routines for over 16 years. That's brilliant. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Sahiba. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 16 years of uh, of, of dancing as a pursuit, though. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's surprising for me also. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, you, can you believe that it's been 16 years? Uh, yeah, I guess like they say, no, you don't choose dance. Dance chooses you. So it never let me go. <laughs> how, did you get, how did you get into uh, dance? I actually... Got into dance because I wanted to lose weight. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to go to a fitness class because that's going to be boring. So let me just join a dance class. And then there was never any turning back from there. I was just like, this is life. This is my passion. That's crazy. We, we were just talking to somebody else uh, about dance. And we we mentioned to him, like, there's such a fitness aspect to dance that, like, people miss out on. It seems like, it seems like a... I, I mean, the fitness market in itself is such a is a huge market, right? Like, they, uh, you could really uh, capitalize on that. So that's that's what Flux intends uh, intends to do. Now, of, of course, after sixteen years, because I also work in the field of body neutrality, and for me, like weight gain or weight loss is really a byproduct. And it's not something that we need to pay attention to. So even at Flux, like all the movement related uh, activities that happen are centered around natural movement and what is the most organic natural movement for our body? Uh, not from the perspective of just looking good, but feeling good from the inside. So, uh, so you would say, so you say no to gyms, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do say no to external weightlifting. Um, own body weightlifting is something that we are meant to. And as a scientific proof, we have an opposable thumb, right? So we are supposed to like hang and move from one branch to the other or take our own body weight onto our own arms and stuff like that. But I don't think our ancestors, uh, apes, <laughs> would ever lift big boulders and place them somewhere. You know, they would just probably just lift their own weight and move around. So Yeah, but they were also a lot more physically active uh, at the time. I was, as in they had... Like going and getting breakfast, for for example, wasn't just wake up from bed and I'm going to go and, yeah. you know, go to the, <laughs> take a few steps and like, I'm, there's breakfast waiting for me. Like <laughs> they, uh, they had to jump around from one tree. There's one area where they get breakfast in the morning. Absolutely. So I know, think we so. should all parkour or like do Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is body neutrality? What is, what is that term? Do you, do you tell us what it is? I mean, it is primarily from my perspective where I see it as is to not look at body as uh, it's it's a it's transient and it's ever changing, especially when it comes to um, uh, women. Uh, women's bodies like change shape every month, like based on, you know, where they are in their cycle and a bunch of other things. And the same holds true for pretty much everyone, including men. And the, the whole idea of body neutrality is to not look at the structure and the shape of the body, uh, but really look at like what is the potential of the body and what is it capable of, A, at a physiological level, and then B, obviously, because there is a deep mind and body connection, also at a cerebral mental level. What is that connection? So 
keeping the aesthetic part the the obvious visual part away and going further in the inner world of our being right this is what i find interesting i had fallen down once and i injured my leg and i was i had to i was using a walker i know times. just 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 to Safe, couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, accidents, accidents. Anyway, they. Uh, so I. Um, I mean, I was in, I was in a walker, and I know my body is going to be fine. I trust my body to be fine. I I know I'm physically I'm physically active and all of that. So like I trust my body to be fine. But what I noticed is I was in a I was using the walker for about a month. It was a ligament injury, and uh, the hard part. was you know dealing with with just being just being bedridden the whole time like it was a mental battle more than it more than it was a physical battle and i that it's very inter- when when i you know when i read into what you do what i found interesting was that you acknowledge that and then um and you i, I and you sort of uh like help people deal with both the physical and the mental uh, challenges that you have right yeah yeah through that yeah exactly i okay. usually often say that you know there is no body mind connection mind and body are the same thing so it's not even about the connection it's literally the same thing psychosomatic right psychosomatic uh, is that like a yoga thing where your chakras are part of i mean are you are aligned and uh, you have to so uh, I don't know. Can you uh, just can can you can you yeah. yeah? Can you just talk a little bit about psychosomatic? I guess. <laughs> so you know the whole idea of psychosomatic is that the cerebral and the somatic, which is soma, the body, is interconnected. Obviously, at a neuroscience level, just to make it like extremely boring and like take it from a scientific perspective. Uh, Go for it. So there are very there are a lot of elements. Okay, from there are a lot of lenses through which we can see the connection between the body and the mind. We don't even know what the mind is actually. Mind is not the brain. Brain is an organ. Mind is 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 more of a spiritual term. It's it's not an it's not a biological organ, so to say. So mm-hmm. when we say mind, we essentially most of the times mean the brain. And and brain is part of the body. It's a biological part. and in fact the folds of the brain are very similar to the folds of the intestine which is the gut which is why the gut is also known as the second brain right um, there is a nerve which is the vagus nerve that connects the brain to the gut right and and that passes through the spine and basically the connection between the brain and the gut is so simple like just to give you an example uh, we talk about hormones like endorphins dopamine serotonin they the brain secretes these chemicals right but it only secretes this chemical when it gets a signal from the vagus nerve that starts that communicates from the intestine from the gut itself because of the microbiome culture within our gut so for whatever reason and mostly because of trauma if the entire microbiome uh, ecosystem goes for a toss which is when we don't have enough good bacteria in the gut itself the brain will not release endorphins so it's mm-hmm. a loop if if right. we we have suffered and endured trauma our microbiome get suffer, suffers first and because the microbiome and the entire ecosystem of the bacteria within the gut is all over the place 
the brain chemical uh, chemistry basically Balance. goes for a toss. Um, right. And then, it, and then it just forms a, like a feedback, a, a positive feedback loop where it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse exactly. and worse. Right. Exactly. So mm. how, how do you, how do you, how does this play into Flux Studios? Like how do you promote this at Flux? So at Flux, this would be too much information anyway for people. So the first thing that we reach out to people to say is that come and be, take part in natural fitness. Like understand what is the natural way for the body to move. And it's very simple. Um, we primarily focus on, especially in the contemporary dance programs, we focus on the region, uh, the, the pelvic region, which is connected to the gut, and the shoulder region, which is connected to the, the cerebral space, again, connecting right. the psychosomatic. And the focus within the Excense program, which is the contemporary dance program at Flux, is to build a really strong core, which is like lower abdominals, glutes, lower back muscles, transverse abdominals, obliques, and all of that. So that the pelvis, essentially the sacroiliac joint, the pelvis uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of floats uh, by itself that releases a lot of tension uh, within the gut region. And at the same time, we do the same thing with the shoulders. Actually, there's no distinction between the shoulder and the pelvis. They are both ball and socket joints. Similarly, right. there's no distinction between the elbows and the knees. They are both hinge joints. And the wrist and the ankles are both multiple joints. We look at differently because we as homo sapiens have stood on our toes. But essentially as mammals on a lot of fours, this region and the hind region is pretty much the same. And if this is activated, by which I mean that the, the ball and socket, socket joint of the shoulder and the pelvis are flexible enough and the muscles around it are strong enough, um, then we can actually do a lot in terms of movement, but it also helps us process um, and regulate emotions as well. And I keep connecting my work to emotions because while in our sensory world, we only have five windows of perception, which is sight, sound, taste, smell, and touch. There are other things that are happening in the cosmos. We are just not able to perceive them. They are outside of these five senses. Absolutely. And, and so there is, of course, an energetic charge of our own existence outside of us. But within ourselves also, there is a, there's a huge, dense charge of our own being, and that is the body. So whether we can taste, smell, see, hear, or see emotions or not, at this point, we can't. Maybe in, a, in another paradigm, we would be able to. But right now, we can't. But that doesn't deny their existence. They exist. You will get hurt. I'll get hurt. We will feel grief, rage, joy, all sorts of emotions, complex, all of them, you know, tangled together. And they will come and sit somewhere or the other in the body. Uh, we'll not be able to see them through an MRI or an X-ray, but they're there. They will either make us fly a situation, fight a situation, or freeze in a situation. Either way, it's not a free flow of energy. And what movement does is it allows these stuck emotions to release itself without even, um, without us paying too much attention to it. We are focusing on the movement, and because of movement, the emotions that have gotten stuck in the body are automatically getting released. Brain is getting a signal uh, from the rest of the body to release happy hormones, and overall, like everyone just 
gets much better shit that's amazing i mean i never thought of it i never thought of it like that is that why people uh, gravitate towards just dancing yeah i guess you know i i also try to create there is a huge problem with dance i have been a dancer for the last 16 years i've been part of dance companies and i know how competitive the form can get it is pretty much like a sport um, right. you know we can't distinguish ourselves from the dance if we are not dancing well if you are not able to get that perfect cartwheel if you are not able to get that perfect handstand it's it just automatically feels like it's an indication of how poor i am as a person not what my body is not able to do we cannot dissociate ourselves from it right you you've done b-boying you do, do capoeira you know what i mean it's just it yeah. just takes so much pressure I'm- on ourselves when we do that, correct right? that's I've, i've had a tough time i've had a tough time like just doing a couple of headstands or doing a, a certain power move and then you suddenly feel like oh why is his body much better than mine exactly. why am i why am i like this why can i not do this why are my joints not bent like that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of gives builds that complex in your head and you're like oh shit i can't do it and that that creates a whole level of stress yeah. even though dancing does release all of that but yeah yeah Shit. Yeah. So as a part I know how deep this competitive feeling is when we are working with our bodies because sometimes we are happy with what we are doing and then suddenly we see someone else do it better and you're like oh I want to do it like that. So obviously I've suffered a lot uh with this. I was actually never a, I was never a mover. I'm also a writer. So I gravitate towards like the cerebral part of um understanding and grasping of things uh, uh quite a bit now obviously it's been an active process to pull myself out of the mind and take myself into the body and because right. it hasn't come naturally to me i have learned it myself i feel like that's a blessing in this guys because i can actually work with people and tell them exactly how to get out of their minds and get into their body if if i hadn't done that i wouldn't know what the process is also but either way coming back to what i was saying in terms of competition i make sure that i create an environment of collaboration in the classes uh to say that if you know look at the other person and see okay fine if this other person can do that so can i because we are all the same at the end of the day we all have four limbs two eyes one nose if one person can do something the other person can also do it and and then learn together because if you can do something and another person can't you can still do it better teach let the information pass through you because you'll only get better at that so either way whether you're teaching or learning from someone it's a win win collaboratively get together and do things that is one aspect of it but still to keep the body neutrality and the aesthetic part of dance uh, away and going deeper into the emotions my focus in class is always to tell people to tap into their emotions and allow themselves to move because of what is moving them and when that happens it is unique because everyone has their own unique vocabulary we all feel grief the same way but we express it differently but if we go deep into that emotion it's the authenticity uh, with which we feel and the authenticity with which we express not only that makes it unique in our movement it also makes it extremely engaging for the person who's watching so i keep going back to like authenticity of your movement not the technique right. of course technique is there we learn it but that's the by product how authentically are you doing and why are you doing what you're doing what is your motivation behind doing what you're doing uh, so yeah 
and uh, yes i i really believe that everybody can dance i absolutely resonate with you like that's what people should believe too like i think every and i were having a conversation um i think about a few days ago about how every body type can dance how everybody should try and dance you know try to promote that with uh, people no in fact i always uh, say we don't have to people come to me and they say i have never danced i don't know i have two left feet will i be able to dance and i always say but you are a dancer you just have to unlearn a few things and dance will just come out of you naturally there is dance in everyone we are we are meant to move otherwise we would be trees <laughs> when you say unlearn it's like uh, mental mental blocks is it is it mostly like mostly mental blocks uh yeah mental physical same difference but primarily yeah right. Uh, you know you know just patterns with the body like sitting in front of a laptop for hours and you know being used to that particular movement only so it's basically breaking patterns and then trying to rebuild new patterns and build, basically building new feedback loop within the brain also that if i lift my right hand and at the same time i lift my left leg when i do that but now the next time i take a circle this time i don't take a circle i make a triangle out of it every time we are creating a new pattern movement pattern and the more new movement patterns we create the it's it's like a imagine this feedback loop loop as a as a river uh, a lot of rivers flowing through our body so we are creating more river channels these channels will basically allow more space for the emotions to flow through the body um the way we feel rage in our heart center is very different from the way we feel rage in our solar plexus for instance if through movement and movement through movement is the actually one of the uh, best easy fastest way to do this through movement if we can let our rage move from for instance from solar plexus to the heart center the texture and the quality of that rage changes i'm not saying it goes away it just changes and what does that mean an emotion changing within us basically changes our perception to that particular event or 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 that feeling and when our perception changes towards something it changes right because at the end of the day it's our perception True. of anything yeah so like uh, so apart from uh, contemporary dancing you also do aerial surf yes uh yeah which which obviously is a whole body uh, workout in its on its own right but you're just hanging from uh you're just dangling from ropes could you could you tell us what aerial silk is like just for our listeners yeah so i specifically don't practice aerial silk i practice an offshoot of aerial silk which is aerial yoga which is so the difference between an aerial silk and aerial yoga would be that aerial silk hammock just hangs straight down it's a straight it's a rope like hammock but okay. uh, it's a rope like uh, fabric but in aerial yoga this fabric loops itself around and joins up again creating a creating a loop so you essentially have a hammer right. and then we do a bunch of exercises and uh, you know movement patterns using the hammock um, hanging upside down it's very easy to hang upside down on a hammock once we understand the technique behind it we don't have to use our body strength and we get the benefits of the inversion specifically for women i've had i've had like a lot of women centric aerial yoga classes where they've either been on an ivf they haven't been able to uh, conceive for a while or they have polycystic ovaries or bunch of things like that this inverted position for women specifically even for men actually uh, with a lot of like other sexual issues like ed and stuff 
it's actually healed because it is very important for us to also be upside down like i was saying the opposable thumb is mm. so important if we you know we have the we have very active toes which we don't use i make people use their toes also quite a bit in class but essentially we are capable of holding a tree branch through our toes and hanging upside down like a bat or 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 yeah, you know using it, using our knees and hanging upside down that uh, that uh, that upside down uh, position is very very important it's actually connected to the kundalini you know how it rises all the way from the perineum goes to the crown chakra uh, but this is uh, just sitting in samadhi and making that happen is still going against gravity when you're upside down essentially the energy is moving upward with gravity not against gravity as it's meant to be <laughs> yes like you're supposed to hang upside down a lot more i guess i can't remember the last time i've i hung upside down what last time Abra- abraham got drunk it's a great high being upside down you have done yeah well, yeah i see what, what you mean it, yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah like yeah. doing a headstand was brilliant it was always yeah. uh, refreshing like standing up from that headstand was yeah. always like a rush in its own it was like a, it was like one of those high rushes that we have yeah. that that nicotine rush or the rush from your first coffee in the morning something yeah. like that yeah but uh so i i just wanted to uh i wanted to know like how do you uh how, how many people are into aerial yoga in bangalore is it is it like a big thing around uh, india and stuff i think it is picking pace now uh right. we have a lot of inquiries for aerial yoga and uh, at a given point in time we always have about 15 to 20 students practicing we have an advanced batch a beginners batch so it is definitely picking up quite a bit yes a lot of upside down yeah. people isn't it? people hanging around <laughs> together <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so and uh, there's like specific patterns that you that you need to follow to um, is it like yoga with uh, sequences and or are you just trying to make uh, like hit positions uh yeah i mean so we do like a few yoga asanas using the hammock and then there are a few locks that help us be upside down in various ways forward bend upside down back bend upside down and it it's kind of it's like a whole sort of modality in itself and all of this is part of that is part of the sense sensex package xsense xsense sorry oh my god xsense is called xsense is uh, a it's a pun that x could be any number of uh, not just five but beyond the five senses oh but also at a physiological level you know the vitruvian man position Holding hands mm-hmm. up and feet wider in an X shape, the Vincian man. So imagine you're lying down on the floor with your arms open and your legs open, like in an X shape. The energy line all the way from your right fingertips to your left toes, and your left fingertips to your right toes, running across in two diagonals, form a whirlpool of energy at the core. And looking at the core as the soil that's holding the spine. and the spine that go, grows through it which is the central nervous system which becomes the main highway between this sacroiliac joint the pelvic joint communicating to the brain very quickly is where we can actually make our movements very efficient so if we tap what i'm saying is that if we tap into through the core 
through the central core if we tap into the movement of the spine we are making the brain communicate to the body all the way to the little toe at the bottom left or right corner very very efficiently by tapping into the central nervous system then the limbs which is the right arm left arm right leg left leg they just act as branches of the tree moving around while the central axis the plumb line of the body is creating uh, stability okay That's a beautiful explanation it's like a it's like a tree and its and its branches yeah okay and uh, it becomes easier to dance at that point exactly. isn't it exactly like, basically we're just looking at like what are the different ways in which we can strengthen the spine and make it flexible and primarily the spine is divided into three sections the cervical which is the neck region thoracic which yeah. is the region around the rib cage and the lumbar which is the lower back region and they all work these vertebras are very different and they work very differently along with that the spine itself can bend forward backwards lateral and can twist so combining all this how do we move uh the spine imagining that is seaweed so it's rooted deeply into the core but it's also moving like how water moves the seaweed and okay. once we do that we can find like amazing movement patterns because we are tapping into the plumb line and the axis of the body right it's sounds like it sounds a little bit like like a massage from the inside massage <laughs> <Sounds like that. laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels like that once you get the hang of it it does feel very uh, releasing so you aren't just like a contemporary dancer you don't just don't do yoga you're an art curator uh right like you do a lot of things movies and uh, <laughs> art in its own way so did you take us through that take us through what you do what what is flux i know it's just not a dance studio or yoga studio or a fitness uh studio but it's a lot more than that right yeah yeah so basically the the vision for flux is art for change using yeah. art as a tool for both systemic and personal change and in systemic change we could probably talk about you know political activism spiritual activism a bunch of other things um like we were very very vocal and um we did a lot of expressive arts around uh, during caa also we wanted to do a bunch of things during uh, uh, for the farm laws and what is happening right now but then covid happened and it's kind of taking a back seat there but uh having said that that's one part of it uh, i have a very strong activist bone in me uh, <laughs> see one of these people is the placards outside <laughs> cause the traffic jams but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i just feel like art yeah, is, art, is an, art is an amazing tool to just use what we want to express really politically or culturally economically socially we can use that as a tool so so it is to say that dance is just one thing theater is another film is another photography is another art by itself is another and there's so many stand up comedy for instance all of these are just primarily tools you know let's not get too caught up in just the craft of these things but really how are they helping us communicate something um i always tell my students don't think of i want to create a solo piece and so i will think of what to say don't do it 
if you have something to say one way or the other it has to come out whether through your movement or through you just ranting or whatever it is first find what is it that you want to say find your craft find your tool later that's secondary so expression is at the core of flux change art for change change is at the core of flux flux by itself means constant state of change so it's it's so interesting that at the at the core of of all these different pursuits the 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 what brings them all together is that you're just trying to express yourself yeah um there there's a jiu jitsu gym in in bangalore that they started out their logo is i mean it's a their their uh, what do you call it their tagline is just express yourself in jiu jitsu and uh, i mean initially you do you don't know how but i think once you learn like the basics and once you build uh, like start to make sentences and in whatever in whatever way you you learn or express yourself and uh so i mean if i was a uh, if i if if i was to join your class like what is that process look like so um excellence how do i get to how do i get to express myself yeah so. excellence is primarily uh, a five month course out of which okay. for the first three months we only do technique training from animal flow to flying glow to kalari pai to release technique choreography floor work contact improvisation physical movement improvisation um and just a bunch of routines put together uh you know these are just the techniques this is what we follow for the first 3 months let them open up their body start to move their spine start expressing you know, Are you the are you the um, the instructor for 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 yeah, all these? Yeah, there are five instructors. So one of them teaches animals, the other one teaches kalari. I teach choreography and release technique, and yeah, so there are basically five teachers: three guys uh, and two girls. And okay. so that happens for the first three months. Then after that, the next two months, basically, we go into production work. That is where we convert the physical practice and what we have learned. and merge it with uh theater and we go into a uh, you know sort of like a modality which is dance theater or physical theater pina bausch a german choreographer was a pioneer of dance theater she is a huge inspiration for me and in those two months i basically work with original narrative building i work with process work it's devised work so it comes from people and then i direct that and i uh you know sort of uh, put it together and it kind of becomes like a 45 minute to 1 hour long production which is a live performance that happens at flux and it's the it's those last two months where a lot of release happens you know like both uh, somatically and psychologically and a lot of expression happens and a lot of trauma release happens and trauma essentially is something when it happens so trauma is not something that happens to us it is something that happens inside of us as a result of what has happened to us that's a, oh that's that's a very stoic way of looking at it like you are uh, i mean you choose how you react to your situations yes but sometimes we really don't have a choice i mean a lot of times we don't even know that we are being traumatized but we are and it's coming and settling in the body and and trauma is not just what happens to us it's also what does not happen to us like for instance as children we really need to be held 
we really need to feel we are safe. A lot of children don't get that embrace, that support, that holding from their caregivers. And that itself is traumatic. And that is sometimes if, if people have a good uh, hypnotherapist or a psychotherapist, they find out through their age regression what had happened and that they, they lacked basic touch um, as children. But many times we don't realize that when we carry it in our bodies, the idea is not to go back to what really happened. The idea is to just find what is there in the body and just release it. Exactly. That's such a difficult part. Like, I don't I mean, there's probably shit that I haven't dealt with uh, that's just buried down somewhere and I'm just repressing it. And I mean, that sort of comes up to the surface, is it? Yeah, because we're constantly focusing on authentically expressing and then there are other people around us who are holding space for us, right? So we are also having witnesses who are viewing and witnessing our trauma. And the minute we have a witness, it actually, the release becomes very easy. A trauma remains to be a trauma when we don't have a witness. The minute we have a witness for it, which is to say that we have a brave and a safe space to express it, it begins to release. Do you, do you mean audience as a, as, a, uh, as a witness? Not audience, but as a process work when people uh, from the same batch, um, after completing their three months of technique training, get into two months of nar- original narrative building and then working towards creating a dance theater piece, they get very close. Because they are sharing their original stories and they share their original stories because uh, we create a very, very safe space for them to, to know that you're not going to be judged. Uh, it's, it's not a judgment. We have, and, and then everyone realizes that everyone has gone through something or the other that they feel shame or guilt or these heavy emotions attached to it. And there is really no reason. We are carrying them for no reason. And it kind of, I, I've seen people's body language change and you know, their, their entire, yeah, the body, the being completely, uh, you know, starts to vibrate on a different energy. So like, uh, would you, like a lot of people live in the past. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, mm-hmm. right? They, a lot of people just live in what happened and they don't look forward to what is going to happen. They kind of, uh, fall every time, every time something bad happens, they fall back on, you know, the previous trauma that they faced and then they add on to it. That it's important for people to release, uh, you know, that kind of stress. And would you say that, you know, you you got to, with dance and flow and movement and expressing yourself, uh, you could get past that, forget the past and move forward? Yeah. Or you, or, or do you, um, or do you, basically, do you, uh, for, do you forget or do you have to uh, face the past, uh, deal with it and then move forward? So you definitely face the past, you look at it, but the thing is that I think there is a perception shift that happens, which is what I was talking earlier also, because now instead of staying stuck, staying, okay, let me, let me, let me talk about what staying stuck means. A lot of us are in the immobility response, which is basically a freeze state. Just to give you an example. Uh, there is a fight or flight, we, we all know, right? But And we also know there is fight, flight and freeze. Now, in our construct, say for instance, I have a problem with my boss. I can't fight with my boss and I can't fly away because I can't leave the job. What am I supposed to do? My body, my parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in and it's saying like, this is stressful. 
so i need to go either in fight or flight but we can't do either of that and we're going to freeze this is also a mechanism of the body to um, save us from trauma um when we see this back in the wild mammals which uh, mammals that tend to live longer are the ones that have a higher freeze response in them essentially what this means is for instance if a deer is running and a cheetah is chasing the deer and at some point the deer realizes that i can't run any faster this cheetah is going to come and bite me in the neck any moment just when the cheetah jumps to grab the deer's neck the deer collapses before the cheetah does that it collapses it just behaves like it's dead that's the freeze response what this does is 80% of times the deer will still be eaten but 20% of the times it confuses the cheetah and it says what 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 i was expecting to bite into some flesh and suddenly i just bit into my own jaw what just happened and this dude is not even running away from me this is just dead here i didn't even do anything and this animal is lying dead in that confusion sometimes the deer can just get up shake shake is essentially basically they shake right they get up they shake and then they run away that shaking is them releasing the trauma from their body they relive the entire experience of having run away from the cheetah and saving their life and they have to live that entire experience after the freeze response and then 20% of them get saved any adaptive mammal any mammal that is that is lived longer and uh, been like you know one of the survival of the fittest has a very strong freeze response who's the most adaptive mammal we know <laughs> the homo sapiens <laughs> so we have a very strong it's like stay still they won't see us stay still exactly. <laughs> so what we do is one thing after the other into the other into the other we keep going into immobility response to come out of the immobility response we have to relive not relive we have to we have to play it within our bodies that either we flew away or we fought it not that we froze because uh by remaining frozen we cannot come out of the freeze response the only way we can come out of the freeze response is by uh mimicking or pretending that we are either flying away or that we are fighting it either way through expression and through role playing and living a certain character and going into a dance theater format we can actually come very close to that and step out of the immobility response more than anything else when we step out of the immobility response our life force increases when the life force increases we have a lot more energy to do a lot more right this is uh, uh, something that a lot of people have a difficult time dealing with is procrastination i think uh, i think uh, it's really understated how hard it is to get out of procrastination procrastination uh it and you know doing small tasks sort of give you that dopamine hit and like that's what brings you out i mean it's it's a it's a terrible cycle to get stuck in but what breaks you out is uh so for example jordan peterson uh, who, who uh, i'm a fan of jordan peterson and he so what he says is make your make your bed every day which mean which the intention there is uh, you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is make your bed or clean your room so that you've achieved a task right and that's so that's your way of getting out of um, you know like a bad state Absolutely. of mind yes mm. 
I mean, we so, procrastinated for about two years before we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we we kings of procrastination talking about procrastination. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, creative people are uh, big time procrastinators. So am I. And I think somewhere we're like, no, but I can do it better. I can do it better. And there's also that part of it, right? There, there are many, many things to procrastination, not just immobility response. Um, and yeah. also not being punctual and a bunch of things like that. But <laughs> I guess as creatives, we all understand what that means. <laughs> as creatives, yes, it, uh, it's, it's a struggle to make things happen. <laughs> struggle to create. But it's worth the result, yeah, it's right? Worth it. Even the struggle is worth it. So yeah. Yeah. Does all of this? I mean, the accents and the the course itself, the the makeup and the dealing with the trauma. Does it come from a personal place? Yes, it comes from a personal place, very much so. Um, I I uh, I had a lovely childhood, and I have amazing parents. And for the first thirty-two years of my life, I had absolutely. I can't say that I uh, my life was traumatic. Yes, of course, they were. small things here and there but overall really good when that happens you don't realize what uh any of that actually means because there's no yardstick right so right you get comfortable yeah and at 32 like in my like i don't know naivety i experienced a terrible separation i was married and uh it was extremely it just went into a very abusive space um Long story short, I was completely crippled financially and a bunch of things like that. It made me question a lot of things from my own femininity to my own mental health and to whether I was a narcissist or um, a bunch of things like that. I was massively gaslit, and so for a year and a half, I did not move at all. I couldn't, and that's where I understand immobility response from. I understand what it does to. Again, I'll keep going back to the core, the pelvis, sacroiliac joint, in a very important space because it. connects our lower body to our upper body um um essentially now that i'm talking about the lower body and the upper body in the spiritual world it's also stated that the lower body is the feminine and the upper body is the masculine the gut is the feminine right. and the cerebral is the masculine intuition rational uh perception logic bunch of things like that and the the feminine That's also the yin, the yin and the yang. That's a, I mean, there's a there's a relation to the 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 gut and the brain as the yin and the yang, and then the, there's a line in between. Exactly. Is, Not only yeah. that, it actually goes much deeper. I don't know. I don't want to like bore you guys or anything, but you you're fine. You're fine. You could go ahead. We we love listening to you anyway. <laughs> so there is there is the feminine body, and then there is a masculine body on top of it. the vagus nerve is connecting the two like you said right now but there's also there are two other nerves one is at the perineum which is actually used for life force and drive sexual drive is one part of it but even the creative drive uh is is the same thing essentially that is intuitive and very creative that sees the world not through eyes but through sensing and perceiving and brings back information just like what in the cerebral space occipital nerve does uh where we open we see the image outside it reports back to us and then we see what there is connecting what we see and connecting what we sense together creates a certain kind of regulated emotions within our being 
these are all words right these are at the end of the day this is i'm still speaking from a cerebral yang space it does does my does my gut know that i'm looking at water i've been looking at food <laughs> <laughs> is my gut seeing what i'm seeing <laughs> Yeah okay I mean yeah. like in 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 a sense my gut is me mm. so of course it is seeing what i'm seeing right so that's really i mean you you went through a lot of uh trauma to get to where you are at now i mean i applaud you for where you are um that's some queen move uh but how do you like how do you uh, like what stems all of this creativity as as shiva singh what stems her creativity um i i don't know any other way really i don't i don't sometimes i feel like i'm as something there's a dysfunction with me or whatever i was telling this to the uh, to my team the other day because we're going for we're going for a shoot and they wanted like everything um you know planned like one thing after the other one thing after the other the the shooters and i was telling them can we just keep it a little open and fluid because when things are complex and chaotic i can really see them and find connections when they are placed in linear order in front of me i can't even see them and then they started laughing and they thought like i was joking about it but i'm actually very serious i can only like when my mom cleans my room i tell her i'm not going to find anything now like if it was messy i would know exactly what where it's kept dude i've i've told that to my mom so many times i i mean it seems it seems uh it seems a little off when i say it but like that's exactly how it is i it's leave, if it's a mess leave it as a mess i know exactly where everything organized exactly. chaos exactly there's a madness to my order yeah. so yeah it's like the it's like the traffic here <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm where, where where do you um uh, draw your inspiration from though for your dance i mean i assume that uh you've already dealt with all your trauma like there's where so where does your dance come from now mm yeah post my trauma the quality the texture of my movement definitely changed uh earlier it would come from the external sources quite a bit i would look at the visuals and images and make it happen through my body which is which is good what, But, what kind of visuals i mean i would look at what another another dance teacher dance uh, you know another another movement and do it within my body well, um, okay i find that very distracting now uh, i i'm very picky about what i'm learning now in terms of movement because there is uh, i i spend a lot of time just moving by myself alone now and that's uh, it doesn't matter to me how it's looking from the outside i'm more concerned about how i'm feeling when i'm doing what i'm doing and the quality of it is very different and because i'm going deep into how i'm feeling i'm actually able to verbalize it and break it down for people also much better when i'm teaching them so uh, so how did you like how do you get in this space where where was your first class i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure flux was in you didn't open flux to start your own uh yeah. sessions my, so where did you where did you learn all of this from i learned i started in delhi i am i have been living in bangalore for the last 14 years but uh, you know i'm originally from delhi so i i started then and i started with jazz and ballet and then at some point um um you know there was this con- I, i don't know there this i don't i don't have a very good relationship with bollywood let's just put it like that when it comes to bollywood okay. dancing wow. 
there are very many, many, many issues that I have, but we're not going to go there. So the company wanted to... Yeah, we, 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 we feel yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> we know the three-hour-long musicals. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the company that I was with at that time wanted to, I mean, of course, was participating in a lot of I-5 events and film fair and a bunch of things like that as us, you know, taking us as chorus dancers. And that I was like, okay, I really want to dance, but this if this is the future of, if this is how what I'm going to be doing, then I don't want to do it. And then luckily, like I found a contemporary school at a gallery in Bangalore uh, back in 2008, and then I moved here. And then ever since then, I was working with the company. It was it was beautiful because the contemporary technique uh, is is amazing. Uh, at that point in time, even better. I worked with the company and then I freelanced for a bit and then I started a space called Nivesa uh, and then that, uh, you know, that was with, in partnership. That was not working because we were doing a bit of like Zumba and Belly and Latin and a bunch of things like that. And I'm, I've been very committed to movement more than dance. So my thing is you should be able to move so well that you can, you can mimic belly, you can mimic salsa, you can do whatever, it doesn't matter. Your body should know what to do anytime. That's the kind of intelligence that you need to build. So then, then of course, then I, then I started another space called Miraki, which was very close to my heart. And I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it did really well. And that is something that was, uh, that was caught in crossfire between uh, me and my terrible separation and divorce. I had to lose that space and that was really like in my therapy it came up as uh, the death of a child um, because I was guilty that I couldn't save something that I had built and it became imperative for me to actually let myself know that I can do this again you know and so flux came as a result of that really it was more of a reserved reaction I, I wouldn't say it was a very thought out thing and it actually which is by the name flux because constant state of change I was prepared for change but Flux really took its own form and I continue to follow Wu Wei. You guys know what Wu Wei is? Wu Wei, no idea. Wu Wei no idea. is uh, an action which is deeply tied to inaction. So you allow things to happen and you steer just a little bit but you don't resist and you don't force and you let things be by themselves. And they happen. They really do. Um, and that's how really Flux has been. And I'm I'm just so grateful. Every morning, the first feeling I wake up with is gratitude. Now. And I'm glad that whatever happened, happened. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Something always, something always great comes out of something Absolutely. bad. I've always, I've always noticed that. I think all of us have seen that at some point in our lives. Or something really shitty. <laughs> you have this beautiful thing that's born, and you kind of forget. It makes you forget and laugh about everything that happened, Absolutely. right? I'm pretty sure that's what you're doing. You look, you look amazing. I mean, you you have no dark circles like Abby and I do. Skin's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> flawless, <laughs> right? I mean, we can. It it really shows. Uh, like you, all of you look like a person without trauma. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you guys come and let's dance together. <laughs> sure, well, I I'd want to see Abby hang off a silk rope sometime. 
while you're hanging off a silk rope too. <laughs> upside down. We've never seen each other upside down. Yeah. Oh shucks. Now that now that I think about it, maybe the last time I was upside down was on a like on a jungle gym, like when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. we hung off your legs off the bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's like yeah, a feat. Yeah. <laughs> uh shucks but th- this uh i mean when you started Mara- meraki studio you um why did you start meraki studio like it it seems like this idea of bringing art like all these different art forms together has always been a part of yeah. you even before your why is why why is that i feel like uh, i always felt like i could take more inspiration from other art forms rather than just dance and dancers i felt very claustrophobic just being around dancers only i felt like i'm not going to learn anything i can only learn something from a filmmaker from a photographer a photographer can learn something from a dancer a dancer can learn something mm. from a musician uh, you know that's a more like a hybrid art approach is what is more important than just uh, creating like these silos of like different uh, 100% yeah. that's what that's what bohemian pursuits mm. is about right? to have to have people have a gallery of uh art to pick from to choose from to learn from you don't have to stick to just one art yes. form that's why we started this and that's why we're so grateful to have you on thank you yeah that's it's so interesting for you to to realize that like it it makes sense we're not we're not crazy like everything is an art like you can you can be an art uh you can uh, this is something that we've talked about talked about before like pouring water is yeah, an art yeah yeah we we uh, like we've we've had somebody on i mean we're thinking of getting somebody on the show that does folding paper it's just it's just an a4 sheet and she makes it's not even origami it's she just Crumbles. folds it in folds it in a way that it looks like a life size statue and it's it just like that and she's made a whole uh, like a living off of it she's got in touch with nasa she's she's uh, yeah i mean you you can anything you put your mind to anything any way you choose to express yourself beautiful things Absolutely. come from Absolutely. it yeah the world can do with more with more of you <laughs> yeah all of us yes absolutely <laughs> i uh, i mean what have you seen with all this uh, collaboration between people uh, i assume some really amazing stories of like people starting out would uh, would have sprung up from there yeah, like-, like a hotbed I'm very interested in human connection. Like it's not even like where it's going. Like I do I do end up making these productions and every 3 months every 5 months we have like collaborated pieces happening with you know musicians and dancers and actors and a bunch of things like that. But really like I'm I'm not driven by the end product. I'm more interested in the process. I always keep extending the date of my show also I'm like oh but like this process we have come so close to each other let's not let this go and then you know the after party after the performance and then the after after party and the after 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 party it just never ends and i think what is more important in all of this is how people find newer connections with other people and co-regulation of emotions is a real thing like sitting and regulating our emotions by ourselves is not as mm. holistic and as effective as co-regulating together as a community um so yeah more th- more than anything else more than the end product of a creative work what i'm more interested in is the process of when people come together and they become vulnerable and they get to know each other and it's just intimate at a very different level you know right so yeah yeah 
for sure. So, um, so what's uh, what's the future look like for uh, Flux Studios? What's uh, how 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 you what what is the plan from now on? I mean, we're we're opening up. Regardless, uh, we've had like a. I'm pretty sure you've had a rough pass because of the COVID and the lockdowns yeah. and stuff. So, what what are you looking forward to, and what do we have to look forward to? Um. Uh, we're we're looking at a bunch of a uh, very interesting movement forms coming in from coloring to capoeira to calisthenics and um, release technique, contact improvisation, improvisation, um, a lot of flux socials, stand up comedy. I will reach out to you now that I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I have a another part of my work is uh, extremely women centric. I hold women circles and I want to run women circles. Um, across uh, the next few decades and that is going to be a deeper work uh, uh, these women circles are not exclusive for women but it is it is it is open to all but it is about talking about embracing the feminine um the embracing the feminine energy and working with that because uh, that's going to work for everyone uh, right now we are yeah. self mutilating our emotions and that's really not working <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That that seems suppression seems like at the heart of uh, a lot of mental trauma. Yeah, shucks. Um, crazy, crazy. Sense, sense, is sense is in which batch? Sense, I like that word. Oh my god, X X sense. He's not gonna get this. Everything's caught up in stock right now, so. Actually, when he told me, you know, speak about sense I was like, okay, he's being funny because. Oh <laughs> that's just Abraham. That's 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 who he is. I've been looking. I've been looking at at, at the at my app all day, wondering what's going to happen to my stock. But yeah, accents, <laughs> accents. Yeah, we talk a lot about stock exchange at floods. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Releasing stress in a good way. <laughs> the underbelly of flux stock traders. <laughs> Crazy. But yes, yeah. so go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> I I I derailed his uh, train of thought. But yeah, it was uh, it, it's been it's been a brilliant uh, you know it's been brilliant having you on the show. You've spoken so much uh, about uh, you know uh, release of anxiety, suppression of your past. Uh, body movement so what would you say to somebody who's stuck in a place right now and how would you how would you get them out on this podcast get them out of that rut um i would say we are all in like different stages of how immobile we feel but the first thing like quoting george peterson i would say make your bed one day at a time step out run if you can't run go for a walk if you can't walk take two steps but do move that body move otherwise we are lost wow crazy i didn't uh, i didn't take you for a john peterson fan yeah. this is drop like a drop like a bomb uh, yeah but i really like the man <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's Abby's pretty, eyes uh, just open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's a he's a he's a good dude. Like he he talks about a lot of the same things. The I mean talks about it to the same extent as well. Like um, a lot of a lot of the problems that you have are uh, in your head, and if you just start 
believing in yourself and you just um, yeah you yeah, i don't know you, you let yourself go i think great things can yeah. happen Brilliant. So uh, thank you so much uh, again for being on the show. It was brilliant having you. And uh, I hope we can come by to the studio sometime yes. and uh, try out some of the aerial yoga. Absolutely. I've never done yoga. I can't fold my legs, but well, I'll give you a shot. <laughs> please come, please come. I'm happy to have you guys over and thank you so much. Yeah, Bohemian Pursuits Podcast. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bohemian Pursuits podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram at Bohemian Pursuits. Like, comment, subscribe on our episodes. You can catch them on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Till next time, unleash creative in you.